Can I can I ask something? Yeah. And I'm not sure if you're going to like it or this not. This is fine. Can we start over? <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel I feel like sure. I feel like my heart wasn't as into it <laughs> as as, yeah, yeah. as I meant it to be, sure. right? I'm really sorry. Okay. I'm really <laughs> really sorry. It's okay. Welcome to Words for Dinner, the podcast that puts the gentle back in gentlemen. I'm Mike. And I'm Max. And today we discuss a word which has been on everybody's mind mm. um, and really never strays far at all. And that is the word cocktail. I'm not sure how accurate that statement you just made is. Well, maybe for alcoholics it's more... Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. so we're assuming that everyone who listens to this is an alcoholic. Why else wouldn't they be listening? I mean, no. (laughs) Uh, What percentage of our audience is drunk right now, Mike? Um, I would say 40 to 67%. Wrong! 49! I don't know. Okay. I just made that up. Yeah, me too. I'm sorry. That's all right, man. Um, Yeah, so this, this word... Mm. This is a word that uh, has some history, right? Which yeah. Are, this is the sort of word that we like. So one of the reasons we ch- that, that I was thinking about this word, yeah. why we're doing this word today, is because it has some history. But it's not too much history. Mm. Like some other words we've done that start with P, rhyme with politics. Mm, I see what you're saying. But, of course, we went down the rabbit hole and found... That it's not as simple as it seems. It's never as simple. It's never. It it's never not. is. With words, they're tricky. They're like th- thieves in the daytime, mm. right? Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, dude? Uh, yeah. Just wait a couple hours. People mm-hmm. won't notice you. But they're there in the daytime. Right? Like, put Dressed on a... all in black, mm. 95 yeah. degree weather, right. sweating, <laughs> just standing on a roof like nobody can see them. They're also they wearing, like, the, the outfit that you would wear if it was nighttime, mm-hmm. but they just export it to the daytime. Yeah. They don't realize that that's not, you know... If you were really burgling in the daytime, you should just dress like a daytime person. I feel like many burglars would wear Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, it's just like, hey, look at the sunlight out here. Yet, yeah, is that your wallet over there? They just take it. I see. That's it's generally suspicious. what a person wearing a Hawaiian shirt on the mainland sounds like, because Hawaiian people, I am speaking from personal experience, mm-hmm. don't care to do that because it's silly. I had a long, uh, and by long, I mean a couple years in which I only wore Hawaiian shirts. Yeah? Yeah. It's nice, man. Really? Right. Is that serious? Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about that because, I mean, readers don't know this, but I lived in Hawaii for like four years. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawaiian shirts are a real thing, but there is a decided distinction between a Hawaiian shirt that you wear to work, mm. which is something that people will definitely yeah. do. And those are more tasteful ones. Okay. A lot more tasteful. Versus your traditional definition of the Hawaiian shirt. They were traditional. From Yeah, which is like a loud, maybe rayon, 100% rayon fabric shirt that maybe you don't button up all the way and Mm -mm. maybe has some ketchup stains on it. Or Uh, mustard mustard stains. Mustard stains, thank you. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, Um, Anywho. (laughs) But uh, I wanted to share, before we get too far Mm -hmm. into our word for this episode, uh, we have two very amazing pieces of news for the podcast. So we're starting to get to a point in which things are actually happening for the podcast, right? People are talking to us about it, besides my mother, who tells me she doesn't listen to it and she doesn't know how to. My dad. Yeah, who says he loves it and just on repeat all the time. My roommate, who we work with, who is weirded out because she knows us. She can't listen (laughs) to it. stopped listening to it. Um, But we have two two important... uh, 
things to kind of shout out uh, towards for our listeners. The first, uh, which is kind of a little little simpler, we want to give a very very warm shout out to John Petinato, who has said some very nice things in person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, he's not somebody that we know directly, mm-hmm. but he's somebody that we know through somebody, right? Yeah, we yeah. work with his, with his wife yeah. and his wife, Courtney, who is lovely and mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but John has been incredibly sweet, mm-hmm. has ge- given us some suggestions for things to do, oh, nice. and has also just said really nice things about the podcast. And we want to give him a huge shout-out, a warm, warm virtual hug, or mm. is this, this, would this be virtual? Oh, let's virtual it up, yeah. Over the airwave hug, sure. right? Let's do it right um, now. Ready? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good hug. That's the one. That's Sorry, I, I made that sound dirtier than I made to sound. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. But yes, thank you so much to him for listening and not being related to <laughs> us. <laughs> That's um, nice. And then, speaking of unrelated people listening to the podcast... We have our first review on iTunes. Oh, and though, baby. I know. Woo! We probably won't yeah. read all of them when they start rolling in. I know. Right? Right, Especially right, right. the three-star ones. Sure, um, sure. I do want to make a special note of the very first one that we have, which is from uh, Joy Luck Book Club. And uh, they said, great podcast with witty and colorful banter. Colorful. Our banter is colorful. I agree. We yeah. try. Yeah, we, we try. try right. We color with all the crayons in the box, inside and outside the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says very creative and informative. And we just want to say seriously thank you. And the title of it, mm-hmm. which is even better, mm-hmm. and the title of the review is a real hidden gem. Honestly, wow. Like, we were when we read this, we were blown away. I started we, to cry a little oh, bit. Man. I had to hide it. I went to the bathroom and like Mike could hear me through the door, like uh-huh. sniffling and stuff. I could. And then I came out and I was like, "What? What happened? Nothing, huh? What? I know. Nothing. I know. It was very awkward for me. Yes, I know. Because we put the gentle back in gentle. That's right. We did do that. <laughs> We're doing it yeah. now. Yes. But uh, <laughs> but seriously, thank you. Thank you to John and uh, Joy Luck Book Club for their incredibly kind, wonderful words. All right, uh, you guys uh, make this. More than just us being silly and yeah. making a, making happy between the both of us. <laughs> we're, we're making us. Uh, you guys are making us feel like we're uh, contributing to the world a little bit. Yeah, which is good. That's true. That's nice. Sure. So yeah, you want to get into the word? Yeah. So this word today, right? This word, cocktail. Cocktail. It is fun word to say. Wow. It's really. It's got two parts. Mm-hmm. Put them together. It's one. Yep. It's very spiritual in that it way. It sounds dirty just naturally. Mm-hmm. It when, does, yeah. When I was younger, personal story, <laughs> people would talk about alcoholic drinks, and to be fair, my family never drank much, right? Mm-hmm. Beer was talked about, Bailey's was talked about, okay. right? Bailey's wine is delicious. Coolers. Bailey's is delicious. No, okay, can I stop Let's, you? Because yeah. what? All right, this is, in, this is inexcusable for someone of my age to not know this. Yeah. But what is a wine cooler? I know what wine is. Mm-hmm. I know what it feel what it means to feel cooler. Like you're in a place mm-hmm. and it's warm, and you go to another place. Let's say that has air conditioning. Yeah, and you feel cooler. But I don't know what a wine cooler is. You ever have like a Mike's Hard Lemonade? Yeah, it's pretty close to a wine cooler. Okay, so it's like a sweet drink. Yeah, is it? Is a daiquiri a wine cooler? No, why not? It's a daiquiri. So it's cocktails can't be wine coolers. No, but like you can buy wine coolers like in themselves. I guess I'm assuming there's wine in them. I haven't drank. A wine cooler since I was like ten and snuck a drink from somebody at a party once. Like, is rosé a wine cooler? Uh, That's no, I wine. think it's just rosé. Okay, 
this is very fascinating. It goes in the fridge. It comes in a bottle like it's a like beer bottle, bottle, individual yeah. bottles. It kind of looks like a different kind of beer bottle. Okay, right? okay. look okay. it up. I'll look it up. I'll, right. I'll use the internet. <laughs> but uh, but I do want to say that you know all these things were introduced to me when I was younger. You know they weren't big drinkers, but these things I'm introduced to. When someone first said the word cocktail, I broke out laughing. <laughs> I was probably like 11 or 12 when I first like consciously remember it, right? And I laughed. I thought it was I thought it, it was, was a dirty, dirty word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a dirty word. So I just want to put that out there that I might giggle periodically while talking about this word just because it it just sounds so dirty. That and also the word cockpit. Whoa. I think, man, do we need to call a part, that part of a plane that? Yeah. It's weird. Why don't we call it the office? <laughs> or maybe, maybe we should just shouldn't refer to male genitalia. Yeah, that as way. that we could yeah. just maybe just maybe leave, just like leave that away. Call a spade a spade, man. Mm. Call a cocktail a cocktail. Those should be different. Yeah, I don't want to be thinking about other stuff when I'm drinking my drink. That's weird. I mean, I don't mind it too much. <laughs> but sure. you know, right? It's got connotations. Nah, I'm just sorry, like, I interrupted. I inter- <laughs> interrupted the actual serious part. <laughs> no. There was a serious part? Oh, uh, maybe. Jesus. I don't know. Well, you know what? Let's set, let's set the stage, shall mm-hmm. we? So, Please do. We didn't tell everybody about this, mm-hmm. but uh, now's the time. Mm-hmm. We are drinking cocktails at this very moment. We are. What? Do, so what is this cocktail called that we're drinking? Pap schmear? <laughs> no. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. You told me. Papa. <laughs> Papa New Guinea. Uh, Papa. Close, close. close. Papa. Nope. Papa Nebuchadnezzar? Is that what you said? No. What are you saying? Nebuchadnezzar? Nice. Nice nice, reference. Yeah, yeah. Nice reference. Uh, Okay, so this is weird, but I'm about to tell, for the audience that is just quickly realizing that we're we're almost drunk right now. That's actually what's (laughs) happening. But I have a couple things I wanted to say before we get into the meat of this meal. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the entree, right? Yeah. But uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the ancient mythological king, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I learned this in a, one of our sources for the day. Okay. Uh, I'm going to come back to this and point it out to you. But there is a page here in this book yeah. on bartending where they break down uh, different types of glasses. Okay. And it's Well, I'll just tell you. The, the name of this book is Mr. Boston, the official bartender's guide. And this is a guide that, uh, as it sounds, it's not just saying that. Bartenders use this guide yeah, a lot. It's okay. full of uh, recipes for cocktails yeah. and drinks. But anyway, there's uh, page 15. we got bottle size measures. Mm-hmm. Different uh, names for giant bottles, like the kind of bottles you'll see in like a uh, like a winery or something, yeah. like where you've, you got to have a lot of liquid in there, right? You got your regular ones, we all know. Then you got a Magnum, one point five liters. That's two yeah. wine bottles. You got a then this is where it gets interesting, right? You got your Magnum. You got bigger and bigger sizes. Mm-hmm. You keep going up, right? After that one, a Jeroboam, wow, three liters, four wine bottles. Then you got a Rehoboam. Six wine bottles. You got a Methuselah. Wow. Eight wine bottles. Methuselah. Listen to this. There's there's only the second to the second to uh, top one, the second biggest one. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar. Nice. It's also the name of a spaceship in it a is. sci-fi movie. Do you know which one? No. Is it 2001? No. No. All right. Show notes. It's killing me right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna think about show it. notes. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. All right, we'll come back to that. So the you um. You want to guess? The, so the biggest one is a sovereign. All right. Well, this is our. F- Whoa. Yeah. The first, the biggest one, the biggest bottle you can get. It's called a sovereign. You want to, you want to guess how many wine bottles go into it? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Nebuchadnezzar's second biggest. 
You can fit 20 wine bottles in a Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, that actually helps. Uh, in a Sovereign? Mm-hmm. 28. 34. Damn! Yeah. 34 wine bottles? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Dude. How many gallons is that? I don't know. Does it say? No idea. Does it say how many liters? It says uh, four wine bottles is three liters. Oh, jeez, man. We're we going to do math right now? This is not good. I'm, not, I'm in no state to do math. Right yeah, now. that's all right. You don't 34 to... divided by three? Multiply that by four. That's the number of wine. That's Oh, no. No, that's not. No, no. Okay, sorry. Well, 34 wine accurate. bottles divided by four. That's Divide that by three. That's the number of liters it is. That's intense, man. Yeah, we're not doing that on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do that. No, that's all right. But that's that. That is that is a ton, man. That is a lot. Anyway, of wine that, bottles. that was Nebuchadnezzar. So you said I said I forget who said that. But anyway, yeah. point is the name of the cocktail that we're drinking right mm-hmm. now. It's a Papa Doble. Papa Doble. Papa okay. Doble. I knew it had Papa in it. You gotta give me credit for that at least. I didn't make them. You, you made get a little them. bit of credit. They're you, delicious. you almost guessed how many wine bottles go in a sovereign. Yeah, that's pretty points. close. Um, they're really delicious, by the way. So, thank you. If we ever do like a public show, I think that like part of that needs to be you just making these for everybody. I Papa agree. Doblis. I think it'd be so great, man. So, <laughs> actually, you know, we should do that. We should do that because uh, you know, like sports radio, like ESPN radio, mm-hmm. they'll have remote podcasts at bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like what? And there's like a big audience of drunk people that love them. It would be really nice for our ego. Well, once we get a big audience of drunk people that mm-hmm. that at least tolerate us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll do it. But we'd have to do it at a place that like is word specific. So it'd have to be like yeah. drunk night at the library, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is an amazing idea. It is an excellent. I idea. I think that's a really funny idea. But anyway, so <clears throat> let's get into the meal. So this yeah. is what this is the thing. Papa Doble is the name of the drink. It's named that because it's named after the literary Papa, Papa of Papas, Ernest Hemingway. Nice. Okay. So this is a drink. It's a, technically a daiquiri. It's oh, a, okay. It's a sort of daiquiri. Okay. And uh, he's known for being a manly man, which is funny because the di- the uh, daiquiri known today is, you know, if you would say, hey, what sort of a drink is a daiquiri? Some people would be like, oh, it's a ladies' drink. Mm-hmm. And we can get into that. That's gender bias right there, mm-hmm. right? But... Uh, He's a person, Hemingway, who is a manly man. So there's some irony there. Yeah. Okay. We're drinking cocktails. That's the word. Yep. So where does this word come from? Why is it called that? Tell me. What the heck is going on? Talk to me about this. I'm excited. Your words always excite me. You know what? They always excite me. That makes me feel good. That makes me feel like a gentleman. You are a gentleman. All right. So cocktail, if we look at the Oxford English Dictionary, our our primary source, right? The OED, the third party in this menage a trois. Right. (laughs) Right. So, uh, yeah. So uh, it's a noun and an adjective, right? We see that at the frequency of use, we got one, two, three, four, five out of eight of these little uh, bubbles. So it means it's pretty... It's pretty... Uh, yeah, pretty used. often. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this on a previous episode, but basically the only way you get to the biggest bubble is the words like the and and, right? Things like that. Um, the second bubble is things that are a little bit more common like that. Uh, like, oh, man, I can't, even, I can't even remember the word examples hmm. that they use, but something way common. But like... The what is this? The fifth one you said. The fifth and sixth yeah. one are basically the frequency of words that you hear often. Things like cocktail or things like the other. Oh man, what was the word that we covered with this? I feel like awesome, wasn't it? Was awesome? it politics or something? Or awesome politics, or something? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it yeah, so it's 
it's used. It's a word that most people know, yeah. if not all people know what this yeah, word right, is. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like if you were to be, like say to a twelve year old, "Hey, what's a cocktail?" They might not know, but most mm-hmm. adults should know that. Yeah, it's yeah. an adult word. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so the etymology. Um, they say, this is a short, brief thing that they say. Uh, it's a quote: "A tail like that of a cock," meaning a bird. <laughs> okay, guys, <laughs> a bird. That's a fowl. Oh okay. man. Or, you, know, <laughs> you know, we said this on a previous episode, too. I'm just going to add this in briefly. It's just like, no matter what word we choose, Ugh. almost almost any word we choose, there's always a, like a moment in time in which it's related to like sexuality or sex or something dirty, right? And this word, like obviously, like within it, right? It has it has cock in it, but like, like, oh man, this is rough. So like, I don't know. It's just every every word, man. I feel like if if someone were to write the shortest history of the English language, yeah. it would be every word at some point yeah. was a dirty word. Yeah, just I mean, done, done, man. Every every word either is, has been, or will be a dirty, a dirty word, word at some right. point. Yeah, politics is a dirty word. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We're gonna come up with more dirty words. We just have a, a, a gift mm-hmm. for coming up with dirty words. I maybe maybe or making words that are dirty into dirty. Maybe words. this is also a symptom of us, right? It is. That we're just like, oh, what random word can we think of? Yeah, Moist. Oh, uh, moist. Um, pornography. Yeah. Um, oh, cocktail. Oh, uh, other dirty words. Yeah. Right? Just yeah. It does make us seem kind of bad. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so they said that that's where it comes from, or quote, a tail that cocks up as the the verb form. <laughs> that's what it says here under etymology. It says the latter is the prevailing notion, which means that a uh, tail that cocks up, so one yeah. that it moves in a certain way, and we nice. see that in the first definition. Uh, it, it's a noun. It means a cocktailed horse. And when they say cocktailed, that's an adjective. This is how the OED describes cocktailed. Uh, the fact that hunters and stagecoach coach horses, the tails of which were generally shortened in this way, hmm. were not as a rule thoroughbreds, seems to have been the origin of the modern turf application. So, picture, if you will, the year 1750. There's okay. no cars around. How do you get around in a speedy manner? On a horse. Mm-hmm. Or let's say a couple of horses. Let's say you're in your stagecoach and you have somewhere to go. Yeah. Like in Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's yeah. how the main character gets to the castle. Yeah. So you got stagecoach horses. They're there. They're not thoroughbreds, so I would imagine those horses are expensive and limited mm-hmm. to the racetrack. So yeah. then you're like, well, uh, your, your stagecoach guy is like, oh, I need a new horse to replace, you know, Geraldine, my mare. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Geraldine's put out to pasture. That's a good, that's a good name for a horse, Geraldine. Horse. I also knew a mule named Pickles once, long yeah. story, but Geraldine's a little bit more noble. Okay. So, Geraldine's uh, out of commission. We've got a new one. i got to get a cocktail off the market. Okay. Right? That's how that would work. So, okay. Okay. And this, this second uh, definition, which is under A, that's, uh, well, under number one, this is 1B. This is one I'd like, like to point out, which I have some, some theories about. Oh, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. Yeah. So, uh, any horse, quote, of racing stamp and qualities, but decidedly not thoroughbred from a known stain in his parentage, end Mm. quote. That is from the Dictionary of Rural Sports, 1870. Now, this is about horses as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, that is interesting. We could talk about some some of the context sentences they have there. That, that, That first definition actually doesn't come from 1870. We got one from 1808. 
Yeah. Uh, this, uh, I don't know who the in Lockhart Scott. It's hard to say exactly where this comes from. There's a lot of information here. Oh, so someone named Ellis. Ellis. And, yeah. Letters. Ellis's yeah. letters. Okay, 23rd of September, 1808. All right. Yeah. Anyway, quote, It is certainly painful to see a racehorse in a hackney chase, but the wretched cocktail on whom the same task is usually imposed must, etc. So this sentence isn't even complete. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be chassis. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm not like 100% sure, but I'm like pretty sure mm. it's... Uh, it's supposed to be chassis. Oh, damn, dude. All right. But, but it's fine. It's, it bad. doesn't really My matter. Bad. Okay. So, 1808. So, that's the first uh, uh, origin of, of this sort of uh, racehorse thing yeah. going on. Then if we look at the next definition under one, 1C, this is why I, have a, I had a theory which developed when I read this. Okay. This is another definition. In extended use, a person assuming the position of a gentleman, but deficient in thorough gentlemanly breeding. Tell me. Tell me your theory. I'm interested. So, I know you have thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. I read that after immediately having read the horse thing. Mm -hmm. I saw the first uh, example, the first instance is 1854 from our friend Thackeray, Mm. who was a pretty pretty famous writer. Uh, In Newcomb's Newcombs, his book, mm-hmm. quote, such a selfish, insolent coxcomb as that, such a cocktail. Uh, okay, anyway. Love it. Uh, so, I thought, did this recent definition about the gentleman thing mm-hmm. come about in response or in conversation with the last definition about a mixed breed horse? That that sounds that sounds smart. It does oh. sound smart, doesn't it? That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking of. It. I would say it too, it's because it sounds smart. I don't know if that's true. No, it seems it seems logical. I mean, the last uh, well, okay, think about it, right? We got Thackeray, which, of course, as you know, we're going to find out when we get more into when we get deeper into the entrails of the word, right? Ugh, yeah, um, yeah and just dig in there. Oh, Look at this small <laughs> wow. intestines, holy crap, large intestines. Okay. Yeah. Squeeze it out. It's just going to be rough. Okay, yeah, um, I'm sorry. Brutal. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> But, you know, Thackeray is using metaphor here, right? So if, if the word is commonly used to describe a horse that's kind of mixed spread, and they're going to comment on somebody who isn't, you know, is gentlemanly, quote-unquote, but not actually gentlemanly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same idea, man. We're, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into this at some point today. But it's the same idea, like this idea of class, you know, that you're born into it and that you actually don't, like, rise up into it. It's a very common thing for a long time. Like, the American ideal of, like, picking yourself up by the bootstraps and, like, making your millions or whatever yeah. um, is kind of new in the world of Western literature. This yeah, idea that it's possible for, like, somebody who, for Oprah to, like, not have anything yeah. and then to make lots of money and then be part of that upper class um, is different. But, I mean, vestiges of this still exist. When we talk, you talk about Hemingway, Hemingway and Fitzgerald, man, had these interesting ideas, and Fitzgerald's big idea yeah. about class was that rich people were inherently different and, like, oftentimes in a worse way, right? Like, he was not mm. that happy with them. But he was mm-hmm. like, they are different people, right? They Which literally... differs distinctly from, like, guys that are for earlier writers, like, let's say, Henry James, right? Yeah. So it's it, it's interesting, right? Where in, in the past, like, you were born into wealth, and there was, like, a kind of training that you went through, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what the two-pronged fork is used for, right? Um, like, when you have seven spoons... Ugh. 
you know which one to use. That kind too, of thing. It's way too many spoons. Way too I many didn't even spoons. know until a couple days ago that we, as in modern society, have two different spoons, and one's a teaspoon. That, that's that is an issue with you. What teaspoon and <laughs> tablespoon is a measurement, right? It is not necessarily a spoon that you use. You would not what? eat with a tablespoon, right? But a tablespoon like, is a you unit could of eat measurement. With a spoon but there's also has the same capacity, though. I mean, maybe, but like <sighs> spoons that you use for the table, mm. right? Which you can, I guess, therefore refer to as a tablespoon, mm. a spoon for the table, yeah. right? It's not the same as a tablespoon, a unit of measurement. No, no, I get that, but isn't it sometimes? Isn't it still the same measurement? Though? No, because like, if I'm not gonna, I'm, this is this, this is, is bad, this dude. is. This, we need to have a conversation about this <laughs> off like because I need to okay. visual examples. Okay. There needs to be a conversation. But Man, you, you don't want show notes, okay? You need to you need to learn what a tablespoon is, my friend. Because if you're cooking, I'm an right, adult. You are not an adult. Clearly, how do you measure things? I don't do you know. just, like, I just throw yeah, shit I just in there? Ballpark it. All right. The, all right. the I cocktail, mean, hey, the Papa Doble I made. Ballpark. That's, it was pretty I, accurate. I did actually. I yeah. Can, yeah. All right, but but just saying, it seems to make sense that as a metaphor for the upper class, someone who's trying to be in the upper class but isn't actually in the upper class, mm-hmm. being like a mixed breed would mm-hmm. be would be an interesting metaphor to make. And of course, this right. refers back to an earlier time when um, you know eugenics was maybe a thing. I don't uh-huh. know. We had like we had like a lot of very antiquated notions about race and stuff too, sure. right? So when you have this definition, gentlemanly breeding, using the word breeding is like. It's metaphorical in the sense that you're taught how to use a spoon, but at this time period in the mid-1800s, there's still a widespread notion that it's kind of about who you married. Yeah, yeah. You know? right. And th- and that's that's also refers back to the to this way of describing horses d- mm-hmm. uh, explicitly by, by uh, parentage. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I just want to read this last one because yeah, yeah. Um, this is excellent as well. Mm-hmm. But in that definition of the gentlemanly one, because mm-hmm. I, I like your theory a lot. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Um, in the Academy, uh, on the 11th of June of 1887, it says, His cocktails who blunder into liaisons with barmaids. Oh, man. Oh, just know, the best. That makes me think of, like, uh, the uh, Cleganes from Game of Thrones. <laughs> or just pretty much any, like, lesser fray from Game of Thrones. Like, wandering into a bar and just being like, I'm a fray. And it's like, they, like... Trying to flirt with barmaids, and the barmaids yeah. don't understand that there's like ten thousand frays because of the elder <laughs> fray who just like sews his wild oats. And it's disgusting. So just, man, gross, man. Uh, I was. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. So anyway, but keep going. Keep going. Yeah, right, Tell right, me so more. We got some more, right? Yeah. Tell me what you think about any of these. Let's just let's blow through some of these. We got a. Uh, well, there's this one that has to do with a cocktail beetle. I don't. Yeah, let's just. I just one you part on this. Okay. That you gotta re- refer to. Yeah. So the cocktail beetle, right, which is the second definition. Yeah. A uh, broccolatoris beetle, <laughs> which cocks up the posterior part of the of the body when irritated, right? Which is you know funny, That's but funny. like that makes That's sense. Pretty funny like, move. Yeah, like a, a cocktail beetle. <laughs> fine, right? Whatever. Okay, it's sure. like the tail that cocks it up, right? Yeah, fine. I got it. Okay. But. The second part of this definition, which so has good. so like no explanation, no. which is excellent, is the devil's coach horse. What the devil's what? coach horse? A cocktail beetle is the devil's coach horse. What is this? I guess it's just the I have colloquial this... name for the. You know what though? That reminds us of the first definition. The stage. Remember the the cocktail horse, the the stagecoach thing. 
The horse, the tail? Yeah. So weird. Or is the Devil's Coach Horse maybe the name of this beetle, like the common name of this No, beetle? yeah, yeah. I think it's it is. Got, oh, okay, yeah. okay. But like, so that's interesting, because the image that I got was like the devil, like, like on a coach, right? <laughs> like, with like two beetles at the front, just like <laughs> whipping them. Yeah, yeah, right? no, And coming, like, with the four horsemen of the apocalypse kind of thing. Yeah. Just going nuts. And they're like, oh my god, it's weird. the cocktail beetle! Right, right, right. Everyone's like, oh no, we're screwed, man. Yeah. You see, the, you see a, a, a beetle with reins on it, you know, you're, mm-hmm. it's about to get real. I mean, this is this is real life right now, right? We're so now our life. listeners will know that when the apocalypse comes... Devil's going to be riding When the beetles. devil rides in on his chariot mm-hmm. with two beetles at the front, those are cocktail beetles. Those are cocktail beetles. You'll be able to turn to your friend and oh. go, ah, I heard this on Words for Dinner. Cocktail beetle. That as, is a cocktail beetle. As he's trampled beetle. by the hooves of <laughs> death. Right? Yeah, cocktail beetle. Mm, yes. Oh, man. So, dude, do you want to talk about um, the, the this third one, which is the the main one? It's it's the slang name. Yeah. Yeah, that one? Yeah. Oh, you want me to talk about it? Yeah, just, do you want to just talk about it a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the third one, third one is a drink consisting of spirits mixed with a small quantity of bitters some sugar, etc., originally in the U.S., supposedly. There's a small note there, that mm. which we will get back to, mm. right, in a little bit after we uh, get through our OED, mm-hmm. which is a very fascinating. Oh, this, this is exciting. I was pumped yeah. about this. Yeah. When you gave this word, and I looked up the history a little bit, pretty mm. excited. Mm-hmm. But um, it says a slang name, so cocktail is a slang name for this drink, right? Okay. Um, of which the real origin appears to be lost. Aha! Interesting. But is it? Uh, I don't know. So this is where we're gonna we're gonna this is we're gonna get into Bow. this. This is gonna be the 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 um, the meat and potatoes, right? Or the the quinoa mm. and uh, roasted almonds of this mm. podcast for those who are vegetarian. I don't the muesli and harvest ciabatta bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ciabatta. Ciabatta. Really? <laughs> it's yeah, not like, a chia pet. It's like chia pet, right? No, it's ciabatta. What, what the hell is muesli anyway? I don't know. I don't even is think that's like, a word. I think you're like making quinoa? things up. This is get back. To, this gets back to the rocket and sun choke conversation that we've had before. Oh, sun choke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The real thing. So weird. Wow. I don't Greens. Like I don't like any of that food. I'd much rather just have a slice of pizza and call it a day. <laughs> uh, so do you want? Do you want to talk about the these different things? Do you yeah. Have so to say about that? this yeah. is. Let's dwell on this a little bit. I mean, okay. should we come back to this and just get out of some smaller ones out of the way first? Because this is the sort yeah. of one. You know, like this is yeah. the one. Is talking about a drink, and You're that's right. like what we should talk about. Right, let's eat around let's eat the around center here. of the plate, right? <laughs> and then, boom, get in, right? So like, eat the parts that we're not that interested in, the coleslaw, yeah. the pickle that oh, right. comes yeah, with exactly. randomly, both, right? Those are both maybe guys, yeah. maybe those burnt fries, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, like that we're like, mm, they're yummy, but like too many of them, not so much. You yeah. know, like those kind of things, yeah. Right, I see what I see what you did there. I see, I like, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um... So, uh, you know, uh, there's a shortened form of cocktail party. You can That's call true. Cocktail party a cocktail. Yeah, and then yeah. we see, and which I think is interesting, is that this is one of the first words that we've seen um, a suggestion at the evolution of the word yeah. from the first definition downward, right? Yeah. So, like, original use with, with horses, then this idea of, like, a human who is, like, pretending to be of an upper class when really not, yeah, yeah. and then a mixed drink, so it's all this, like, mixing, like, it's kind of... Shaking it up, keep you coming might say. down, right? Put yeah. some ice in there, just yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then it comes down to like a shortened thing of like a cocktail party, right? That right. you would 
call a cocktail party a cocktail, right? Or we're going to get into cocktail hour in a minute. Yeah. But, like, uh, also a preparation of food that is relate, related to having cocktails mm-hmm. at a cocktail party, like fruit cocktails or lobster cocktails or, or like, a shrimp cocktail. Um, often, like, the definition says, like, it's become it comes prefixed, right? So you get that little bowl with the red sauce and the shrimp hanging on the end. Mm. Pigs in a blanket. I don't think that counts as a cocktail. What? Like meal. Really? Yeah. Wait, are you thinking of like uh, mini wieners? Yeah, yeah. Like the yeah, like co- uh, cocktail hors d'oeuvres or cocktails. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. they they call hors d'oeuvres cocktails or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, right. Whether you get those little shrimpies, mm-hmm. you get the cocktail sauce. They mm-hmm. call it cocktail sauce, don't you? Yeah, they? yeah. <clears throat> you feel proud of yourself, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, uh, and then of course uh, cocktail in a different definition, which is the mixture of certain substances, right? Right, and that's uh, like any like we've heard this a lot, like people yeah. saying, "Oh, it's a dangerous cocktail," or mm-hmm. "It's a cocktail of blah blahs," and that seems then to come evolved from the drink, right? Yeah, because the drink gets used first, and this does. So I just think this is really fascinating that out of all the definitions that we've dealt with, mm-hmm. OED has done this one for us, right? Like OED very much was like in the beginning it, it was, was this, so. yeah, and then went down, down from there, uh, which is which is interesting, and then. You know, I don't know what else. You, what else you got, man? Well, let's just uh, you know. I don't, I don't think we need to look at two more, many more of these. But uh, the cocktail beetle comes back again in mm-hmm. a funny way. Uh, of horses, not thoroughbred. We already covered that. Yeah. Fresh and foaming set of beer. That's we, a, that's interesting. Which is really, I I don't understand that. No. Um, and this is going to get to some of the lines that we're going to talk about. But this is one of the first ones. Yeah. Where some of these quotes are incredibly insufficient. Yeah. Of context, right? <laughs> yeah. So, fresh and foaming set of beer. What is it in the glo- glossary of words? Sheffield, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but cocktail, fresh and foaming, only applied to beer. Like, what's the context not, of this? No, that's it's all too like, much. Come on, man. There, that's the only. It's the only context sentence we get for it being related to beer. It's from 1888. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that doesn't. That's not right. Nobody. It's weird. If you say cocktail now, people are like, you're not talking about beer. I don't know. So I, I guess there was a time where back. you could. Let's bring it back, man. Let's bring it back. Let's just let's just get our beers, right? Say, oh, look at this cocktail. Hop in the, the uh, hot tub time machine, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And just go back to that time in the eighties when we were at that ski resort. Uh, man, this this beer is cocktail, right? Fresh and foaming, right? Mm-hmm. It, mm. Just, just. I mean, just we would. Sound we right. We'd really have to go to, like, Brooklyn or yeah. uh, Jersey City, yeah. right? And kind of, you know... So hipsters would be like, uh-huh, yeah, look at them with words. We'd be like, yeah, right? would be like, look, yeah, as we, as we comb our uh, mm-hmm. artisanal mustaches. But, uh, you know, and I feel like right now, right, our, uh, our studio uh, that we're in right now is mm-hmm. in Newark. If we went to a bar in Newark and said, hmm, this beer is cocktail... would be like, get them out of here. Who cop, let's call the cops. <laughs> Who are they? They, they gotta go. What? Th- this is this is not right. What in the hell? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we got all right. So we you ready to do these compound? We got a bunch yeah. of compound words. Yeah, let's go nuts. All right, we're going to cocktail bar. That's self-explanatory. Uh-huh. Cocktail cabinet. That's a like cabinet of cocktails. That's where you put. Them. You know what I imagine is that this is a very great uh, visual or verbal. Mm. Uh, wordplay to mm-hmm. have in a comedy show. So mm. we have comedy writers listening, right? Mm. You heard it Which here first. Surely we do. I want you to think about 
right? In your next whatever, like show whatever. Yeah. Someone saying, "Oh, that's a cock- that's my cocktail cabinet." Yeah. And then someone opens it and it's full of Beatles. <laughs> Just like shitloads of Beatles. Well, I thought and, you meant the cocktail beetle. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, oh. Or there's just tiny little horses out. in there. Oh, my God. And they're like... Oh, my God. Yeah. Horses with their, like, tails up. Oh, my God. Yes. Right? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's my cocktail barn. You have a barn full of cocktails? Oh, my... Oh, my God. It's horses, horses right? What else would go It'd be funny. on? funny. Wordplay, right? Silly. I feel like this comedy isn't... A, is, like, I would enjoy it. Yeah. But, I like, like I, don't know, I don't imagine many people would. Probably just a narrow amount of the population. Yeah. Which maybe already listens to our podcast. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we got a cocktail glass, which is... Uh, Edith Wharton, actually, is one, the first instance of that from 1907. Well, we we also know that, like, OED isn't always on Perfect. top of, like, having the first one. Right. right. So, well, But, you know, uh, there's also many other glasses that are mentioned in our friend uh, Mr. Boston's Ooh. official bartender. Are you going to read some glasses? Yeah, right look at all this. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got, we got a Collins glass... We got a, a highball. We got an old fashioned glass. We got mm-hmm. a we got an Irish coffee glass. There's a Pilsner one. These are all shaped differently, right? Mm-hmm. So we probably got one, two, three, four, five. We got five, ten. We got about twenty different glasses on this base. So I'm not going to read all of them. We got well. So I I always wanted like a beer mug. Like yeah. I I want like a nice beer mug, right? Like that's just kind yeah. of a, a goal in life. Right? Hell yeah! But also a champagne flute. That mm-hmm. word ha- that's always freaked me out. Like I understand the idea of fluted. Right, it's like a it's like a thing, but like I I was a band kid, and so all I can yeah, imagine yeah. is a flute, yeah. and I just imagine some I don't know why this is <laughs> like why my mind is working with like just mixing so many things because you're visual man. because we're talking about cocktails today. Yeah, I'm all about mixing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all. So, wow, that was so the, really good. Yeah, like you like that. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like someone playing the flute, right? And champagne is just being poured into it <laughs> and bubbling up. Yeah. You know, I think of I think of uh, that scene from Anchorman, Ron, Ron Burgundy, yeah, where he goes to the jazz club to like blow some steam. Yes. and the owner comes up to him and he's like, he's like, Mister Burgundy, would you please say, play some yacht's flute for us? Please. He's like, no, 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 no please play some yacht's flute. Mm-hmm. And he gets up on the table and he plays it and he actually sticks the end into a guy's drink and like drinks his drink through the yeah. flute. That's what it is. Nice. Uh, anyway, so we got a snifter. Anyway, we got a bunch of different Snifters, glasses. Snifters, Snifters. Glasses. Snifter is a weird name for anyway. Yeah. Uh, cocktail hour. So this is one I wanted to pause on for a well, moment. Before you say cocktail hour, right? Mm-hmm. Cocktail habit. Mm-hmm. One of the many examples that we have here of it is in 1905, the Daily Chronicle, and literally the only thing we get is the cocktail <laughs> habit. What the fuck does it mean? I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming. I'm guessing that it's a habit of drinking lots of cocktails. But I don't know. Maybe it's a habit of liking horses, horses that are mixed breed. Yeah. Maybe it's a habit of collecting beetles that uh, raise up their hinds. Yeah, they're right, posteriors. In defense. They're beetle posteriors. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. A cocktail Gross. habit. Maybe it's a habit of raising your own posterior. Right. Which is, people. which is inappropriate in mixed company. Yeah. And in 1905. In cocktail company, that's not okay. That's comedy in 1905, my friend. Right? Just raise <laughs> your butt, like, kind of. Throw your jacket Woo! up, right, and go, look ah! at that, right? Boom. That's actually the sound that follows it. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't know. Piss me off. Just go with cocktail hour. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm better. Well, you I know feel what? better now. I was also confused by that one. I'm less angry than yeah, I was. Well, there's more room to get angry about other things, because we're going to have some other weird things coming up here. We got cocktail hour 
Nice. That one I wanted to pause on because our first instance of that is from our friend Ernest Hemingway. Nice. The uh, the namesake for the Papa Doble cocktail, mm-hmm. which we are imbibing at the present moment. Mm, uh, nice. 1927. From his book, Men Without Women. Have you read that one? No. I read that one either. I haven't read a lot of Ernest Hemingway. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. Like, I, Just because he's a huge misogynist? You can say it. I've... <laughs> That might be part of it. No, I uh, when I was younger, I had to read a couple books of his in high school, and I just didn't. It's one of those things like you read them when you're young, and you're like, eh. Maybe when I'm older. Maybe maybe when I'm in like my forties. I'll like, tell you what, man. Like he and I, I love that guy so hard. It is hey, embarrassing. Hey, yeah, we we all have our vices. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, in that book, he says sometimes after the cocktail hour, which again, that's not a sentence. So that doesn't <laughs> doesn't help us at all. Oh boy! Uh, so well, we all know what a cocktail hour is. So let's move on. Well, when when is the cocktail hour? Well, okay. So I don't know. Do you know? Because I think I the cocktail hour is traditionally known as your after tea, or maybe after dinner. Okay. Which would be I don't know six o'clock on. Okay. Or like oh, okay. All right. I well, I've always thought of a cocktail hour before like, dinner. Like you have cocktails before. Right. Oh yeah. But yeah, that yeah, might right. be an evolution of like. No, you you're know, right. You're know. right. You're right. Okay. I think it is before dinner. But, like, when you go to a wedding, Mm -hmm. like the cocktail reception, sometimes just known as a reception, but it's usually drinks, and then you go in for the party time. Yes, yes. Yeah, maybe it's that, the cocktail hour. Which is funny, because Hemingway was known as drinking all the time for every purpose. (laughs) Uh, He didn't drink while writing, interestingly enough. Well, you know what, man? That makes sense. I think that it's a myth of writers. You know, we we can get into that for days. Right? Oh, too long. Oh, too long. But I think it's a, I think it's a myth. You know, like I think that uh, I think that we said we were drinking. We said we were drunk. But to be fair, a neither one of us are drunk. Right? I'm getting drunk, let's, dude. Let's, let's be let's be real, right? Let's be honest, right? Um, I feel like let's let's move behind the curtain of our lies. Right? <laughs> let's say things like they are. We had one drink each. Nothing to eat. It was a double. Right? Okay, it was a double. Maybe I mean, maybe, dude, I maybe we're just drunker than we think we I are. Th- I'm like, dude, if I were to have another one of these, I would be toast, man. Maybe maybe we are stereotypes. Oh, definitely. Creative people who drink while... Doing creative stuff. Oh, my God. Hmm. My world has changed. Uh, let me know if you know the <gasps> law, if you want another Papa Doble, by the way. Okay, I will. You do have to drive later, so... Yeah. Yeah, keep that in mind. I wish that I wish that this was live so that we could offer listeners Papa Doble. Oh man, it'd be great! Come on so, down, quick, guys. Quick suggestion: while like while listening this to number. this episode, look up a Papa Doble, make it for yourself, treat yourself oh. to a podcast and a Papa Doble. You know that's a really good idea. That's nice. You know what we should do? We should have a remote episode in a bar at some point, man. Yeah, bar with books. What about McGuffs? I don't know. It's got to have books in it. There's there's anti intellectualism going on in that, oh, in that bar. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, no one listens to actually. Twenty seven mix. Bar. I mean, dude, we should think about this. Yeah, right. Let's think about it. It's pretty fun. We could yeah. advertise, do all kinds of. I'm gonna do like a what one of those uh, Twitter Twitter things. We use the Twitter. I don't want to talk the about twit. Twitter. We'll tweet all so, about it. We're so bad at Twitter. Now we are. Anyway, right let's continue on. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> yeah, so cocktail powder is weird. That's obsolete. Advertisements yeah. of quack medicines, patent skirts, cocktail powders, plantation oh. bitters. So like mixture of powders. So that's yeah, interesting. That's it sounds interesting. like something weird. Uh, cocktail table, cocktail time, cocktail mm. tray, cocktail drinking, cocktail shaking, cocktail dress and gown. Cocktail gown again in the Times, nineteen thirty-five. A dinner or cocktail gown? Yeah, the, the man. Fuck is These that mean? sentences. What does it mean? I don't know. 
I don't know what a cocktail gown is. I'm imagining something, right? But I don't know if it's accurate or not. I don't know. I don't know why this this particular entry has so many fragments in it. But anyway, so I want to make a confession as well. Cocktail yeah. onion comes up next. Mm-hmm. I like cocktail onions. I do. So is I weird? have never encountered a cocktail really? onion. What is? Is it's an onion? It's just like a it's little, a pearl really, onion? Re, yeah. It's like a really, really tiny onion, mm. um, and they're kind of nice. Like I kind of would feel ashamed biting a full onion. I really like onion, yeah, yeah, right? Me, me but like that makes me feel not ashamed. Yeah, me too. It's probably good. You know what's funny? Um, I was just reading an article about Hemingway's drinking habits. Mm-hmm. He would. Uh, he was known for. Freezing his cocktail onions. Freezing his freezing cocktail. Because he liked his drinks really cold. He would freeze his glasses. He would freeze his cocktail onions. And, supposedly, he would, for the ice, mm-hmm. for his drinks, he would get an empty tennis ball can, fill it with water, and freeze that. Don't ask me why. I guess because it makes a particular shape. Wait. Like, cylindrical uh, shape. I mean... Okay, so did tennis ball cans used to be a different shape back then? I don't think so. Because, like, tennis ball cans, like, there's four or five tennis balls. This is, it's a lot of ice. That's, like, a huge ice cube. I know. What kind of and drink like, is Probably that bigger than a... I don't know. Maybe he cracks it in two, right? I mean, this is also in the 20s, right? Yeah. This is icebox time. You don't get cubes. That's right. You have an ice pick. Mm-hmm. you got to chop that shit off of the block. Oh, maybe, you know yeah. Man? But then, okay, I'm just it's weird. I'm just, it's weird. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see that. That's a visual thing. For Maybe me. that's the next episode. We'll, we'll, like, we'll have we'll, the word we'll will do, be ice. We'll do, we'll, a just, vi- <laughs> we'll do a video of just different types of ice. Yeah. Um. So anyway, moving on. Cocktail party. Cocktail penis. Cocktail piano. That's <laughs> so. That's did not you, piano. Did you try that, to say pianist right there? Yeah, pianist. Because you didn't say penis. I didn't? What did I say? No, nah, I don't want to talk about it. I Let's talk about cocktail cock, sausage. Cock. Huh? Tail sausage. That's nice. what you were talking about. That's what you were talking about Got earlier. It. The, Got the, it. the little sausage that's served at parties, right? Oh, yeah. Or, or, or were you talking about the little sausage? Cocktail wieners. Yeah, yeah. Or that was wrapped in, in bread. This, is, this episode is so ridiculous. I know. This episode is so ridiculous. It's going to get serious in a second, right? <laughs> we're going to talk about serious shit. Oh, shit. Uh, we're just getting it all out of our system. So. I'm wasted. You're not. Just don't lie to our <laughs> listener. There's a trust that is formed. You're just making excuses because we're always ridiculous. Yeah. Just true. now we're at a different studio that allows us to drink. Yeah. Unlike the other studio which in which we would get in trouble if we drank. Although, if it was the weekend, I was wondering about this. Anyway. Yeah. Cocktail stick, uh, which is yeah. a small pointed stick on which you affix a yeah. cocktail wiener. Yeah. Cocktail suit. All right, well, we're finished with all that. Yeah, and so like, I think that's interesting that so much comes out of this idea of cocktails. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that it shows, which we're, which is what we're getting into next, the in, in import or maybe, what's the word I'm looking for? Infusion of the word cocktail into our lexicon and, most particularly, into our conversation about bars or drinks, right? And now it's it's... It's in there, right? It's, it's yeah. you know, and it's made such a mark, mm-hmm. such an important kind of drink or yeah. kind of an important kind of word that it has now spread out into a whole variety of po- products, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, cocktail sausages, shrimp, sticks, whatever, boom, boom, right? Boom. Yeah, yeah. So you're it's right. interesting. So tell me some stuff. I got some history to lay down on you after you talk a little bit about your history. It's gonna be. It's gonna get weird. It's gonna get weird. Cocktail wouldn't expect it to be as crazy as it is. But it's interesting. I think, uh, this sort of, this sort of uh, history stuff. Yeah, it tickles my funny bone. It does. It tickles it does. my knowledge bone. Yeah, it just generally tickles. 
I know. That's what I'm saying. I know. Get excited about words that seem so innocuous, mm. yet, yet are not are so, so dangerous, so weird, and colorful, like moist, right? right. Anyway, so all right, here's what I'm, I want to do. I want to read a short passage from this book I've been talking about, okay. Mister Boston's Official Bartending Guide. He has a page on cocktail. Okay, I'm going to read it. Then I want you to do your thing, okay. but also maybe tell us about that OED first definition. Okay, right there because I think it's going to conflict slightly. Or like the the one that you were looking at before, that yeah, uh, the, yeah, the eighteen oh three instance mm-hmm. of it because that conflicts with this. Yeah. So, okay, we got uh, a page from Mister Boston. He says, uh, "All right, so I'll read s- some of this." Quote: Unlike other cuisines of the world, the cocktail is only a few hundred years old. Well, we don't know precisely when or where the cocktail made its of- its official first appearance. We can trace it back as far as eighteen oh six. Mm. There, in a popular New York publication called The Balance and Columbian Repository, we find the cocktail defined. In the May 13th edition, an editor responded to a letter from a devoted reader about the term cocktail as it appeared in the previous week's edition, saying, quote, within a quote, As I make it a point never to publish anything, but which I can explain, I shall not hesitate to gratify the curiosity of my inquisitive correspondent. I'll just put in an an editorial note. That means, sure, I'll answer your question. (laughs) He then says, this editor, Cocktail, then, is a stimulating liquor composed of spirits of any kind. Sugar, water, and bitters. It is vulgarly called a bittered sling. Which is mm. pretty cool. Yeah. Bittered sling. So Sling um, comes into it. Yeah, so this is clearly the definition that the OED has here. The mm-hmm. spirits mixed with yeah. bitter, sugar, etc. Yeah. So anyway, I'll return back to Mr. Boston, who says, At the core of this, you, you see the definition of the cocktail, which I just read. Mm-hmm. While the term has been broadened to include far more drinks and with a far less distinct definition, this original definition is one of which all bartenders should be aware. As the cocktail evolved, this earliest of cocktails became known simply as the Old Fashioned. Oh, now that is what I wanted to point out because the Old Fashioned is a particular cocktail. Yeah. It's my favorite cocktail. Really? Although I like the Papa Doble. I like proud. me some daiquiris, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm comfortable with my masculinity, mm-hmm. right? I also prefer the whiskey cocktail known as the Old Fashioned, which is bitters, uh, whiskey, usually uh, lemon peel. You can put simple syrup in there, which mm-hmm. is sugar. A Hemingway wouldn't, because he was against that. Um, yeah. So then they, they sort of go into some more uh, discussion of this, but what's interesting to me is that... Um, they they say that there's a rumor that the old fashioned was invented at the Pendennis Club in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. One of the oldest records of a recipe going by the name of Old Fashioned is from Modern American Drinks, drinks by George J. Kappeler, published in 1895. Okay. Um, so it could go back to 1806, according to Mr. Boston. Yeah. But the OED has a slightly different view of it. Yeah, which is 1803, right? Mm. Which is uh, which. I mean, that quote is... I mean, the word cocktail is used, right? So mm-hmm. it the word definitely came before there, right? Yeah. So, and then drank a glass of cocktail, excellent for the head. Drank another glass of cocktail. Right. Which is pretty, pretty hilarious. Right. So you found some complicating evidence here, right? Yeah. So I found this really interesting article by a guy named David Wondrick. Right? Okay. Now he has a book out called Imbibe, which s- sounds pretty amazing. Uh, the book Imbibe is 
Imbibe from absinthe cocktail to whiskey smash. A salute in stories and drinks to Professor Jerry Thomas, pioneer of the American bar featuring the original formula. Whoa, that is a long Uh, title. That is a super ridiculous long long title. But it's basically like a biography of this guy, Jerry Thomas, who is a pretty famous um, kind of bartender. He wrote the first uh, book... Hold on, I'm looking for the title real fast. He wrote the first, oh, bar manual in 1862. So it was the first manual for bartenders, right, to kind of, like, deal with that, very similar to Mr. Boston's over there, right? Mm, okay. Um, and so he's kind of famous within the uh, bar community as being that, right? And supposedly came up with a bunch of drinks. They call him Professor, right, which is in quotes, right? I air-quoted it there, right? But, you know, you can't see. Um but so there's an interesting history behind this word cocktail and our friend David Wondrick goes into it and if you have the chance the article that we were referring to is called Ancient Mystery Revealed the Real History Maybe of How the Cocktail Got Its Name and it's in a online journal called Savior or Saver right mm. uh, S-A-V-E-U-R Savior right mm-hmm. um so, uh, which seems to be a, a magazine about food and drinks and stuff like that. All right. Um, and so he goes into it. Now, he talks about doing research for this book on, on, the, on the guy who published his first, first book, uh, or this first bar manual, and how he looked into this idea of the cocktail. And he eventually goes back to 1806 or 1803 and does that. But it's more tricky than that, right? So he talks about going and doing all this research and looking for where does the word cocktail come from. Now, common Hmm. knowledge, right, says that the word cocktail or cocktail the drink is an American invention. Fascinating, because it seems that British people were kind of like sad or upset about that. As he says in the 1830s 1830s and 40s, uh, Charles Dickens a few other... um, uh, British authors are no, no, uh, notable people come to America yeah. and have a cocktail, and they're like, "Damn, this is good. wish the Brits did this." Right? Yeah, because they're the classiest of the class. They're yeah. like, "We invented classiness." So now this is now this is important too because the 1830s and 40s, the word cocktail and the drink, right, mm-hmm. which is not always an old fashioned, usually just a mix of what what we had said within that definition, mm-hmm. which is, uh, if I go back to it really quickly, right, um, it consists of a small quantity of bitters and some some sugar, right? It's a spirit yeah. mixed with those. Yeah. So basically anything that does that like kind of fits that definition, so it doesn't have to be an old-fashioned necessarily. But 1830s and 40s, it's pretty widespread at this point, right? A lot of people know what a cocktail is, mm-hmm. slash are drinking cocktails. Mm. It's a popular thing in America, right? Yeah, yeah. So this means that has to be before that. So that's good. We're still on the way to 1806 mm-hmm. or 1803. It's kind of the start of this word. Right, right okay. Start of this, right? But uh, there are supposedly different theories of how this word came to be, and eventually Wondrick comes up with three of them. Okay. All right? So I got I to... Gotta... This guy, David Wondrick, seems to be a expert on spirits. This guy knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like this is like a thing that he's really, really into. Um, I think it's below so... the photo, right? There's that picture of the drinks. Yeah. Below that. 
There's like so so there's three there's three different kind of stories, right? Okay. The first being that um, it's a woman named Betsy Flanagan who he says was never called Betsy. Her name was Betty, right? Um, but it's it made famous in a James Fenimore Cooper book. Right, mm. so interesting. Okay, um, called the Spy: A Tale of the Neutral Ground, which is set in Westchester County, New York, uh, during the uh, Revolution. Right, so we're now talking about 1700s here. Right, right, that's 1700s. Yeah. So supposedly she created this drink, which uh, people came to know, right, or came through, which was called a cocktail, which which she referred to as mm. that. Right. Um, now she supposedly owns, like to kind of quote him, Flanagan keeps a rough tavern, and Cooper characterizes her as the inventor of that beverage, which is so well known at the present hour, uh, 1821, right, when he's writing it, uh, to all the patriots who make a winter's march between uh, New York City and Albany, and which is distinguished by the name of Cocktail. Right? Uh, then there's, there is the name Cocktail, in uh, the 1806 citation of Balance Columbian Respiratory, a political paper. Right, that's which the one talks we looked it. at. That's the one we looked so at. So clearly, right? this guy, David Wondrick, is also using the OED, too. Yes, right? Or he's, and it seemed or like he's independently he went, coming up with yeah, it. Yeah, what he says in his article is he went to the New York uh, City Library and did a lot of actual research. So found the original wow. 1806 article, I'm okay. assuming on microfilm or microfiche, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, the and fiche. Oh, man. Microfilm, man, there's reel nothing. in that fish, you know? I'm not going to lie to you, right? Yeah. There is there is something. If you, let let me put this out to our listeners right sure. now. Sure. Oh, this is, if I can you, tell it's going to be good. If you haven't had the distinct pleasure of looking at microfilm or microfiche, please go to your local library. Yeah, millennials, listen up. Oh, my God. There, it is. Good. It is nice, yeah. right? Yeah. Now listen, is it complicated? Does it seem like old-fashioned? Sure. Mm -hmm. But there is something about microfiche, right? This old technology that was like so cool and badass at one point that like now is really outdated because of the internet, basically. Mm -hmm. But there's something about it. Mm -hmm. Just like these little strips of paper that you look at or like a microfilm where you kind of like see it through. You scroll through it. It's like a little machine you sit at. You press a button. Special machine. It's not a Nook, guys, or a oh, Kindle, okay? That's it different. It is nice. It I'm is not a gonna special lie, machine. I'm not going to lie. It is. It's something. I feel good using it. I Have you used one before? I, you know what? I've touched it, but I've actually always wanted to use one and haven't Dude, actually used one. I'm telling you. One. I'm telling you. Treat yourself this summer, right? Yeah. This August. Hot day. On a hot day, go, go your, into an air-conditioned air public library, Boom. right, that has a microfilm or microfiche machine. Mm-hmm. Just sit down. And you might have to go to a university library, right? Because a lot of public libraries now don't have that. So if you have a university library near you in which you don't need an ID or just ask a librarian to use one, I am telling you it is an experience. Nice. It is nice. Mm-hmm. You can find some crazy shit on there. Oh, yeah. One of the best things, look through some old newspapers, look at those advertisements. They're fucking insane. You'll be weirded out. They're insane. Speaking insane. of that, like right, like tonics and like weird elixirs yes, and things. Like yes. in the eighteen hundreds, you get this like Doctor Hegenbog's like cure for like a headache, and like you'll be like, "What is this?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, it's just uh, it's just cocaine and heroin." And you're like, "What yeah. the heck?" He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> this isn't illegal." So here we go. <laughs> Yay! Yay! And it's like that. We talked. This this uh, reminds me of the Coke versus uh, Pop episode, right? We yeah, talked about yeah, the yeah. tonics a little bit. Uh, so think back, audience. If you're interested, mm-hmm. refer back to the Coke versus 
pop versus which, soda which debate. I forget about that a little bit, but that was that was a fun episode to record. What? We, we were exhausted that. while oh, we were man. doing that one. That's what I remember the most. You know, uh, but Microfilm, Microfish, you know what the first movie uh, is I ever saw where that was part of it, yeah. which made me fascinated by yeah, it? Yeah. Field of Dreams. Mm, yep. Uh, baseball yep. movie? Yep. Shoeless Joe Jackson, Kevin yeah. Costner, James mm-hmm. Earl Jones, otherwise known more colloquially as Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> great baseball movie. I don't yeah. even really love baseball that much, but that movie is great. And yeah. there's a point where they have to do some research. They yeah, do some yeah. microfilm. Yeah. But uh, cool scene. Yeah. Oh, and it's just, it's just interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if there are places that have it. But if there, if there, there are, are yeah. please go. Um, and then the third one, the final one, is in um, So we're going, back, we're going back to the Civil War, yeah. right? Or we're yeah, back yeah, to yeah. our article. So we're going back to Wonder, Wonder Rick. Um, or, ooh, Wonder Rick? Wonder Rick. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, his name is really similar to like another author that I actually know. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So I keep getting them confused. I'm sorry. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, David. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, Washington Irving has a book called Knickerbocker's History of New York, which is from 1809, which also people go back to and say that was the first use of cocktail as well. So clearly, year-wise, we're still on the 1806. But mm. it gets exciting from here. Nice. So it goes on to kind of prove that these things aren't necessarily like the end-all be-all of that, right? And he has, uh, he uses these other digital databases to kind of go back, right? And keep kind of getting into mm. where these drinks come from. And he finds this guy, right? Richard Stoughton. Stoughton? Who is British, he is British. Oh, no. Right? Dude, do not tell me so, that we're actually going to find uh, that this is British. That's so, going to make me so sad. So Richard Stoughton basically invented bitters. Right? Oh, well, that's that's important. So bitters need to be invented for cocktails to exist. Right Now, here we have Stoughton suggesting how to take bitters. Right? How to take it's a tonic, that, isn't right? it? It's basically a tonic, right? Mm-hmm. Or it originally is. Now we use it for drinks and just kind of taste thing. Like it, it helps. Like you know, it's a bitter, it's a bitter taste, right? Mm-hmm. But he says to take it with brandy or wine as a hangover cure. And the brandy of the day was generally sweetened, which puts us really, really close to the oh, definition no. of a cocktail, and makes Doctor Stoughton the inventor of the cocktail and his shop. It uh, and it took until last year pinpoint right um, its birthplace, which is Borough High Street. But but not necessarily a cocktail. That, it wasn't right. But it's not necessarily called mm. that right. Now this is interesting as well. We're gonna go to the old GW, the original GW, George Washington, before he was the first president slash king of the United States. Right? <laughs> he. He, there is a record of a person named William Smith, who was a loyalist, who was meeting with George Washington to surrender New York to the the uh, George Washington's army. Okay. And he makes an observation that near dinner time, he offered wine and bitters to people around the table. Now, now, wine and bitters, as somebody says in 1844 is not actually a very specific thing, right? You'd think it was just like wine and then like bitters, but it seems to refer to almost anything. Specifically, right, and this is a quote from uh, the Daily Picunes uh, from oh, New Orleans. This is so right? interesting, man. Yeah, Which what, is, that's although a- the term of wine and bitters be in appearance specific, it is indeed one of the most generic which the wealth of the English language furnishes. And 
later on, and then goes on to say that it's often refer- like it's often comprehended as a cocktail. So this is so crazy, man. Mm-hmm. So let me just. This is my head is spinning right I now. I know, it's partially because I am wasted. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, but uh, just to recap what you just said. Right? Yeah. All right. So this is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. It's GW, the original king of the United States. Yeah. He is arranging for the surrender. That was good. Yeah. Right. That was dude. That was the funniest thing ever that we said. That. Yeah. So. He, the British are trying to surrender to him. Yeah. And being the gentleman that he is, yeah. you might say the not a cocktail, but a true mm-hmm. gentleman. <laughs> he decides that he's going to offer them some drinks. Yeah. The drink he decides to offer them is wine and bitters, which fits the de- the OEE definition of a cocktail. Mm-hmm. But this is in 1783, yeah. before the word is on record. Mm-hmm. And well, that's when that newspaper you just read says that. Yeah. So, so no, no, no. Generic. That, that newspaper is in 1844, so it's oh, way, okay. later. Oh, way later. But, but it's commenting on the fact that wine and bitters, it's kind of like a, um, it's kind of like when you go somewhere and someone goes, hey, can I get you a beer? Right? So, or a Coke, and they're or not like talking about Coke. Coke. Yes, right? So a beer is any type of beer, right? So an IPA, a Pilsner, a, you know, a dark, you know, whatever. Like, it can be anything, which is not very specific, right? Ugh. Same thing with, like, a Coke, Ugh. right? It can be very general. Woo! It can be any carbonated beverage. This is right? so cool. So man. it's pretty it's I pretty. I love big. this. This is but, cool. But this is where, was where David just throws another curveball at mm-hmm, us, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Says that after he published his book Imbibe, right? Uh, this these is one his, These book. historians, okay. Okay. right? Jared Brown and uh, Anistia Miller, I'm probably saying that wrong, so I apologize in advance to her, um, pulled a massive nugget from the online newspaper databases, right? 197, or I'm sorry, 1798, the word cocktail was used in a satirical article. And here, I'll quote the article again. It says the curve, or like the twist here, oh, is no. that the newspaper was a London one. Oh no! And the legislators that were referred to there were British. No, the satirical one. So the cocktail seems to be British. Oh my god! So he's upset by this. He's upset. Yeah, literally. Sure, because right? he's an American. Yeah, he's American. He's historian. like, I wanted this to be American, but we're gonna get. Some weird shit happening now. So I want to I want to put this out there. If you are sensitive, if you feel squeamish when talking about going to the doctor and getting a colonoscopy, <laughs> or uh, if you feel weird about talking about you know different things inserted other places that aren't supposed to be there, I suggest fast forwarding a few minutes because it's gonna get. Real weird from where this word comes from. Okay. So he goes and finds that article that these other two historians refer to, right? And this is this is what this is what it talks about. Okay, what happens? So the article from seventeen ninety-eight reads, uh, and this is, you know, from that article, but this is his kind of words putting them together. Uh Wonderick's words putting them together. Mr. Pitt cocktail, vulgarly called ginger. Now, this is for our readers, our listeners. This is this is tricky because looks like Mr. Pitt that that name yeah. is surrounded with brackets, which means that Wondrick 
added that added that yes. for clarity. Yes. The word cocktail is a straight quote from the, the thing that mm-hmm. the 798 entry you're talking about. And that is, is enclosed with, with single quotes. quotation marks, yes. which means that, that it's cocktail. coming from somewhere else or right, they're referring to something or else. Or they're quote, quoting it like, uh, like, it's a like new that's idea. the slang term or like the whatever. Yeah, Right. Yeah, and yeah. then there's a parenthetical notation which says vulgarly called ginger. So who or what is vulgarly called ginger? Cocktail? Yeah. Mr. Pitt. So, so okay. So it actually has to do with cocktail. Because okay. Here's where it gets. Okay. So it is a cheap drink that's on the bar tab, right? And so he says, so it's it. It might be a cocktail, but it's not what we define as a cocktail, which comes to this word ginger that you're referring to, right? This is where it's, it's going to get real fucking. Oh, dude, this second, is right? awesome. Ugh. Right. So, so, uh, so it's vulgarly called ginger, right? Which is kind of in there. Um, which he says is a bit of wordplay, right? And he goes back to a book called Sportsman's Slang from 1825 to explain it. Okay. When he says cocktail is ginger. And he says, but if cocktail is a nickname for this ginger beverage, why do they call it? And he says what he believes, right, is real dirty. Oh, and this wow. gets this gets of to course, of this course this gets to a dirty. book from 1785 called A Classic Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue, which... 1785. I'm really excited about. Really, really excited yeah, about. I, right? I, I, I really want to look too. at this. Right? Yeah. Um, which he looks up the word ginger. The drink there, right? Okay. And he looks up the word cocktail. I don't think cocktail no, is there. What? But ginger is there. <laughs> and I'm going to quote here, right? And then I'm going to explain what this means, right? That... The uh, guy who published the book is Francis Gross, okay. Gross, which is hilarious. His mm-hmm. name is Gross or Gross or Grossy, right? right. Uh, and he says that to put ginger up a horse's fundament to make him lively and carry his tail well, which is basically that's a what verb, a ho- right? That's yes, a definition. Yeah, for, this for word. ginger, right? And yeah. ginger is a vulgar name for a type of drink, right? Now, this is going to your theory, which your theory ends up being pretty accurate at this what? point. What they nah. used to do to horses to sell them more is that there was this myth that if a horse had a tail that was like up more, right, that they were like a stronger horse or like a more like well-bred horse or like a horse that was just a better horse, right? So they would take a piece of ginger, ginger root, Shove up his butt. ram it up the horse's ass. ass. <laughs> So that the horse would have... This is terrible. This is insane. And this is where it comes from. So the drink is kind of like a vulgar, low-priced drink. And they're calling it ginger, which is a reference to shoving a piece of root up a horse... Up a horse's butt. To sell it better. Now, okay, hold on. Hold on. First of all, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And it's used... (laughs) It it is the craziest. And let me just add this one little tidbit before you add. Okay. It's often used... To say to somebody, right, in a vulgar way, to like buck up or spear it up, right, to encourage them, right. So there's there there's the literal practice of shoving something up a horse that gets translated into a slang of to hey man, okay, you know, ginger, like ginger up, right, like. Get up, buck up. Ginger get, up get, a yeah. horse's fundament. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, fundament. Ginger up the fundament. Ugh. And this is all right. under the verb to f- 
to ginger, which means yeah. to fig, a.k.a. to fig, according to this book, A mm-hmm. Classical Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue. Yep. Oh, man. You know what? We got to start. We have encountered a new word here today, and it is uh, to fig. I, fig. Nope. I'm not sure I want to talk that about that word no more. That means to ginger up a horse's fundamental. Ugh, ugh. The, the craziest, Terrible. first of all, who the F would even think of this in the first place? Second of all, the poor horse, of course he's jumping around. Right? He's got something ramped right? up his fundament. Well, no, okay, so <laughs> it's not it's not about jumping, it's about where the tail is. So here's where cocktail comes from. Flips it's a cocktail. This is the relationship. Up his butt his yes, butt. this is the relationship that you're seeing here, right? So to kind of trace this really shortly, right? He adds. There's Wonderick adding a little bit more here, right? Which is that uh, the feeging, which is the the name for shoving ginger up a horse's butt, um, and cocktail are, are related. And the evidence that he has is from a seventeen uh, uh, newspaper in 1790, oh in which the God. writer deploying. Uh, Deploying the term in a figurative sense, claims that a certain clergyman hath been. Gu- this is where the quote from okay. the 1790 uh, newspaper yeah. hath been guiltily, uh, guiltily of monopolizing all the ginger and pepper in the neighborhood to make the asses who vote for Sir Gerald Vaddock cock their tails. <laughs> so here we go, right? We don't have cocktail, right? But we have cock their tails, right? Um. And then, and then in 1789, there's something that refers to cayenne pepper's cocktail virtue, which means to, like, pipe you up. Right. So here, here's interesting, right? So we get this practice to sell horses, basically to scam somebody or cheat somebody, right? You shove a ginger or hot pepper, which is literally, uh, later he says this is another thing that, like, happened, right? Uh, you just, you know, hot pepper to it. Ugh, right? Shove it up a horse. So that their tails were raised, so that you could sell them easier. But this is the this is the thing that that is so interesting to me is like why the heck would you be able to sell them easier? And supposedly it's a widespread belief at this time period mm-hmm. that a tail with its a, a horse with its tail cocked up is a sign of spirit mm-hmm. or vigor, yeah, or horse care. Better horse, yeah, better horse. horse. It's That's not as faking. It's a way of faking a better mm-hmm. horse. Yeah, exactly. So it's, sim- it's similar to like there's other things that you can do with animals. And this, I, you know, I've heard a little bit because you know I've had family who are into like horse racing, and so mm-hmm. this comes up. Mm-hmm. But like how you can make a horse seem or look a lot more, you know, better, or, like a lot better or a lot more uh, appealing. Uh, for appealing. A, for yeah, a buyer. that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, for a buyer. So that's good. So and, and then it goes from that horse. To describing people, which is basically like a like a nasty way of saying like get your shit together, right? Um, right, because that 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 key definition is about this this random dude named Mister yeah. Pitt, yeah, cocktail, vulgar, vulgarly called ginger. So ginger, right? So ginger might be a word that we can go to later, right? But we've already kind of covered it accidentally here. But to ginger something, right, means for something to cock its tail, and so for you to cock your tail, right, means to like buck up, like look. Look strong, look, you know, better, right? Get, you know, braver, uh, and then go from there. And that's interesting that your theory seems to actually, the connection between horses mm-hmm. and the drink, seem together. Feeging, right? This is your new word for the oh, rest I of love, your life. I love feeging. Feeging. F-E-A-G-U-I-N-G. Or actually, it's F-E-A-G-U-E. That's to feeg. Yeah. 
AKA Too Fig. F I G. Um, weird, right? That I was right, except that the way that I got there was totally wrong. But what I think is, but what I think is interesting about this is that the research that he does mm-hmm. seems circular, right? So uh, or Geyer like, right? So he's kind of like going in a circle, kind of getting closer to that point where it seemed like OED and you kind of boop. Right, just one st- in a straight line. Get right in there. Yeah. Oh, come on. Stone. Mm-hmm. Ew. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ugh. What the heck? We went right there. So it's interesting. You know, I'm going to read more of this article because this is the most fascinating article I've ever seen. Yeah, his writing is actually pretty good too. Imbibe sounds great, mm-hmm. right? No idea who this guy is, right? Uh, I've referred to him as David a few times, right? Mm-hmm. Mainly We're because I want to call him Wonderlick. Which mm. is a poet's name, mm. right? Which is not his name, nope. right? Um, so I apologize, right? Uh, I don't know this guy, but he sounds excellent. That book is probably also like pretty well written, just because this article is incredibly well written. And again, really quick for you guys, mm-hmm. if you uh, want to look this up, right, and kind of you know look up what we were talking about and what we quoted pretty heavily from, mm-hmm. um, it's you know David Wondrick. And it's uh, an article called Ancient Mystery Revealed, the History, Maybe, of How the Cocktail Got Its Name. And it's from uh, Saver, S-A-V-E-U-R. And that maybe is important because at the end of this article, he makes the claim that he's not sure that it's still a mystery. It's not, not, you know, like firmly there. It's him making connections similar to what you were doing a little bit ago, right? So basically what I'm trying to get at here is that you, Max... Are an expert historian. Woo! Yeah, and you deserve you deserve we all all the feeging in the world. This is that is the highest compliment I could possibly <laughs> expect. I'm getting gingered up just from hearing that. Nice, getting nice. fired up, you know, nice. lively. Mm. Wow! And I want to <clears throat> just in case people haven't heard of this before, uh-huh. there is an Atlantic article, right, uh, that you can look up as well. Uh, that we didn't quote from very much, but that one is called Who Invented the Cocktail? And it quotes uh, David Wondrick pretty heavily uh, and specifically his uh, work in Bibe um, and kind of works off of the things that we've been talking about today, too. So there's kind of a backup there that this seems to be pretty legit, that this guy's a legit human historian um, who's got mm-hmm. a legit book out there mm-hmm. that sounds amazing, sounds awesome. Um, so if you're interested... Right, and you know Go what? For it. The, all right, so our, our show notes are big today. Yeah, um, basically. we got a lot of show notes. Go out and watch uh, Field of Dreams. <laughs> Read "Imbibe" by David Wondrick. Uh-huh. Read that dictionary, which w- was called what was it? The A Classic Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue. Oh man, that by is, Francis Gross. That is the one, man. Recently republished in 2015, so that means there's an interest. Ooh, yeah, in this book. Uh, and really quickly looked it up at Amazon. Thirty bucks, three, you know, three, uh, three Hamiltons. That's going on our wish list right now. I know. You know. Right, we should create a wish list. We should create a wish list. <laughs> um, okay, so you know, with that, I think that's pretty much where we can end our meal. I mm-hmm. think it's almost time for cocktail hour, don't you? I, I think, I think it might be. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest, man. This word, when you originally said it, I did not think this word was gonna be as rich as it was, but. The history of where it comes from, shrouded in mystery, right? Shrouded in this kind of like Miss O'Leary's cow, which I'm. You, you're not from Chicago, you probably don't know what that is, right? But do you know what that is? Okay, so there's this myth that like the Chicago fire that happened in the 1800s was caused by a cow that knocked over 
uh, a um, a lantern. And, and <laughs> Wait, this is real. Burned everything down. Real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. To be to be fair, right? Like if you think about it, I mean, cities were built mainly out of wood, sure. right? Oh. And so basically, Chicago was built pretty similar to New York is mm-hmm. now, right? But uh, a fire happened. And fire. Yeah. a huge fire and burned all like most of that shit down. So mm-hmm. Chicago rebuilt itself with like right. alleys and shit so that fire couldn't jump as easily mm-hmm. as it did. But point is, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of myth of like the this woman in uh in New York who That's possibly right. connected it or yeah. like somewhere within the tri state area. Right, like there was the there was the other thing about the maybe invented in Mexico named mm-hmm. after an Aztec princess. Yeah, but that seems like illogical, right? No. So that's interesting that like Okay, so th- this is interesting too because I think that often there is a very um, real and very honorable attempt to reclaim people or ideas or words, right? That white culture has stolen and kind of created as their own, right? Mm-hmm. So things like rock and roll music, right, or things like mm-hmm. blues or jazz, you know, things like that, where people are like, no, 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 right. Or even the idea of intersectionality or feminism, black women started that shit, right? Mm, And so that is a noble thing. But I think that what's interesting is that this seems almost like a weird racist thing Mm. that somebody says, no, no, it was an Aztec named Cocktail who created it first. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That that sounds terrible. But instead, right, just this older drink. But what's interesting is that maybe one day we will find out that it was something... That was created a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, let's think about it, man. If you're only thinking of an alcoholic drink, right, of some sort, some sort of spirit, mm-hmm. a bitter and sugar, that shit's available in a lot of different places. I would, I would not be surprised if there is eventually someone a who either corrects us, right, and gives us some good sources that says actually this is older than even what you guys thought, or b that a historian at some point comes out finds something that says oh. Mm. Maybe not called a cocktail, Bam. but definitely the first cocktail. Right, 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 right. right, right. So right. we're we're talking the seventeen hundred. Originally thought eighteen oh six, right? But we're t- sure. the mid seventeen hundreds almost mm-hmm. that these drinks were being served. Maybe called wine and bitters or something general like that, but basically a cocktail. Right, and it's like, can we say that this is English really definitively? Mm-hmm. Even uh, Wondrick says possibly not. His research seems to have taken him there. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with him, but. Mm-hmm. When you look at the history of it, he even acknowledges mm-hmm. we have evidence that our man, G.W., mm-hmm. Mr. George Washington, yes. Mr. President, mm-hmm. he, in the possibly one of the most formative events that led to the creation of the United States at all, yeah. which is the surrender of the British. Well, the surrender of New York. The surrender of New York. But, yeah. I mean, you know, this is a key point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, hey, y'all, who wants some wine with bitters, man? Cocktails. Cocktails. Except they didn't call it that because that mm-hmm. wasn't the word. Yeah. But it might it, it might have been something like in the slang, but in that situation. He was like, we can't call it a cocktail. We can't call it that. Because he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. Wealthiest. Well, who wants to get gingered up? We got some mm-hmm. serious business to take care of here. Nice. That's what right? he was thinking about. Also, another <laughs> word for like kind of getting drunk. Getting yeah, gingered yeah. up. Which, you know, <laughs> I, I never want to nope, never want to use that word because Definitely now all I to. can think about... It's just taking a piece of ginger. Whoop! Not cool. Not cool. Up a horse's ass. Not cool, man. Not cool. Now, when I say stop being a horse's ass, I'm going to think about that. Yeah, right? right. That cannot get out of my mind. (laughs) It's that and, like, 
and other things we've talked about, like the idea of where coke came from, or yep. like mm-hmm. moist and like people being upset about it, mm-hmm. or even pornography, right? Mm-hmm. Like these things just won't leave my mind anymore, right? Every time I hear it, I go, "Oh, right? we're, we're traumatizing ourselves." I know. I think on behalf of this <laughs> education and knowledge, yeah, I think this is this is. Uh, this is the evolution of this podcast, which is an evolution of trauma, right? Yeah. Like, where we start <laughs> with something sim- simple and then continuously traumatize ourselves. Just get worse and worse yeah. until it's Ooh. just nightmares. Oh my God, just nightmares. So if our listeners want to correct us or lead us mm-hmm. back to the earlier origins of this word that we may have missed, yeah, um, or if they want to give us more nightmares, <laughs> uh, they could contact us, actually. They can't. Uh, they can do that by email. Mm-hmm. We have this email that we call, uh, which is wfdpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us on the Twitter, right, which is at words for dinner, but the four is a number, mm-hmm. the number four instead of F four. Yep. Um, you know, or you can check us out on Podbean or Stitcher. Yeah. Or. If you're so inclined, as Joy Luck Book Club was, right? Big shout out again. Mm-hmm. Please go to iTunes or wherever it is that you get your, you know, your podcasts. I think we're only up on Stitcher, iTunes, and Podbean right now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Are we on, on RSS feeds? I don't know. I okay. don't think so. Okay, <laughs> we're not sure. Man. That might be but, how iTunes works. But I'm oh, not okay. Sure. All right. But if you're up on iTunes, please five as, stars as clearly. Yeah, I know. So nice. We're a hidden gem, guys. Ah, so nice of her. Give us a five star. I don't think we're now. a hidden gem. We're kind of like, you know, when people used to like dig for gold and they'd see like a rock that was kind of goldish like color, shiny. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh my god, gold!" And yeah, then yeah. they'd find out that it's like really just a rock. We're fool's gold, mm-hmm. basically. It's pyrite. Oh, nice. That's what you call that. See, look at this knowledge yeah, being yeah, dropped, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm having nightmares um, right now. But yeah, so if you're up on iTunes, please leave us a review or a rating. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be five stars. It can be anything, anything else, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know, please do, right? We really appreciate it. Um, we're really thankful to everyone who is listening, especially John out there. Another shout out to you, whoop, man. Whoop. Right? Oh, said nice things. You know what? He said he liked us. He doesn't even know us that well. It's he's going to change his opinion when he gets to know us better. You're right. But the. Uh, <laughs> I think the last thing we need to do before we yes. sign off for today mm-hmm. is play a very quick game. Okay. You ready? I'm excited about it's this. It's basically just like our other games. I say a question and you have to guess. It's really like just a guessing game. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, it's still a game. Okay, so this is the game. Uh, Papa mm-hmm. from Papa Doble, Ernest Hemingway. He set a drinking record mm-hmm. at the Floridita, which is a famous bar in Cuba. Okay. And uh, he is known for drinking... A certain number of this cocktail, the Papa Doble, the okay. double frozen daiquiri. Oh wow! In one sitting. Okay. And it is a crazy number. Okay. And that's what your task is. Tell me how many you drank how big in was one the last? sitting. How big was the uh, last? I don't know. I imagine it was a standard amount, though. So what we just drank. Mm-hmm. That's one. All right. I'm just gonna. This is the number I'm feeling, but I don't think it's right. You got three guesses, okay? All right. Thirty-seven. Way lower. Way Thirty-seven's lower. a lot. Yeah, well, this, that, this, the number's a lot too. Yeah. Okay. Way lower. Twenty-nine. Lower. Damn. <laughs> you really fooled me with uh, this. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot. Um. All right. Sixteen. Oh. Is that right? Seventeen. Oh. Woo! So close. All right, you get a consolation prize. All right. Cool. That's another Papa Doble. Oh, I feel honored. Mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. Well, we would like to thank you for listening to Words for Dinner. Mm-hmm. Right, This episode was brought to you by 
cream. What it's is cream? creamy? It's <laughs> coming with the like. Eventually, all I want to do is say things. I don't know. That's all I got. All I got is cream. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by uh, Doctor Heganball's uh, horse tail trimmer, which is perfect for shortening and shearing up your horse's tail to make him look more lively. If you buy now, you get a free ginger root. <laughs> With For whatever purpose you desire. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We don't know why it goes oh, with that. Oh, it's so disgusting. We'll just mail order. Oh, man. All right, that'll do it. All right, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.